You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What a performance for the Sixers, especially in the second half. They get a 109-98 win over the tough Miami Heat. Welcome to a new episode of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Before I jump into the details from this one, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us anywhere you get your fix, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, you name it, we are there. And of course, check us out online at libertyballers.com as well. So this game almost looked like a schedule loss, to be honest with you, coming in the heat at home hosting the Sixers uh, Philly coming into this playing a second of a back-to-back beat Boston on Friday playing its third game in four nights so given the fact that the Heat have kind of started to get rolling they're sitting in third in the Eastern Conference you're looking at this like okay this is gonna be a tough one and prior to the game we heard Tyrese Maxey was questionable Joel Embiid was questionable uh, obviously would have been a whole lot tougher to win without those who especially Embiid. I'm going to jump into his performance as well. But Matisse Thybul sat this one out with a shoulder injury. He joined Shake Milton and Danny Green on the sideline. But like I said, we got word roughly a couple hours before tip-off that Embiid and Maxi would indeed suit up. But things weren't looking very good in the first half, especially that opening quarter. The Sixers didn't make a field goal for the final six minutes and 13 seconds of the first quarter. Also went scoreless for the final four minutes and 16 seconds of the opening frame. We're down 29 to 20. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. After one, but a lot of game left at that point. The good news is the Heat were actually struggling to start this one as well. Uh, Miami ended up only shooting 40% from the field, three of 16 from deep. That trend continued into the second half, but got to give some love to Tobias Harris. Really kept the Sixers in this one. He shot 6-8 from the field in the opening half, had 15 points at the break. And Philly was only down by 7. But looking back at the numbers, Joel Embiid did, did not look good over the first 24 minutes. He was 3-11, of 11, had just 7 points at the break, looking like he was struggling. Miami was doing a great job pressuring him to take some difficult shots, which was resulting in double teams and Embiid forcing something. So you're kind of looking at this and thinking, okay, maybe this one gets out of hand. The Sixers might be able to rest some guys considering they're playing an afternoon game against Washington on MLK Day on Monday. That was not the case. I mean, the second half, the Sixers just completely dominated the Miami Heat. Ended up outscoring the Heat 66-48 to over the final 24 minutes. And let's be honest, I mean, Seth Curry will get his due, and I'll get to him in a second. But Joel Embiid 
over those final 24 minutes, dominant, completely controlled the game. He was very good defensively in the first half, like he always has been, but especially what he performed with in the second half, I mean, you can't really mess with, with the numbers that he put up. And if you look at this, uh, ended up shooting nine out of 11 in the second half, 25 points over the third and fourth corner, finished with 32 and 12. Uh, also, his 10th consecutive road game with 30 points. That is a franchise record. Uh, also, now the first player since James Harden to actually do that when Harden was with the Rockets. So you're looking at what Embiid is doing here. This is historic. Seeing what the big man has been able to perform at this level, seeing how much he's been dominating, see how good he has been for the Sixers and leading him to another gutsy win because you're looking at this roster and there are a ton of flaws. We talked about the fact that the Sixers need some help. The Sixers need a little bit more athleticism. They've been lacking that just with the roster construction, obviously not having been around uh, doesn't exactly help. The Sixers become faster, become a little bit longer, become a little bit more athletic in terms of being able to jump out of the gym. But, you know, seeing what Joel has been able to do with this team, the 22 and nine, when he plays three and eight without him at this point, uh, the guy just should deserve so, so much praise. I know it's, it's, it's hard not to, uh, to sit here and sound like I'm oogling over, over Joel, but I feel like every Sixers fan is too, at this point, because just, he's been so good in every facet of the game. And you look at, like I said, he was struggling early on in the, in the first half on the offensive end, but what he was doing was setting the tone on the defensive end, making it very difficult for the heat to get some, you know, uncontested, uncontested layups to be able to get some easy buckets around the rim. And he was changing a lot of shots. And when he's doing that, everybody else kind of starts following his lead. And then, like I mentioned in the second half, Seth Curry, who struggled in the first, you know, he only had eight points at the break, ended up adding 13 in the second half as well. So you're looking at this. I mean, perfect scenario for the Sixers to win this game. They got 75 points combined from Joel, Seth, and Tobias Harris, who, again, I mentioned was very, very good in the first half, helped the Sixers stay in it. Tyrese Maxey made some big shots as well. He finished with 13 points, seven rebounds, and four assists. So looking at this from the bigger picture, I mean, I love what I've seen from the Sixers on certain nights. I would say 70% of the season, they've looked very good. And that's including that three-week stretch where Joel was out with, the COVID stuff. And then he's mess, missed some games with, with some, you know, being dinged up with some injuries, but looking at this Sixer squad, they're looking like that team that started off eight and two to begin the season where there were 10 games in and everybody's like, damn, you know, Philly looks really good coming out of the gate. And, you know, looking at the amount of injuries, the amount of guys they've had in the health and safety protocols throughout the season, it was tough to see them continue and sustain that sort of a run. But we're starting to see what the Sixers can do now. They've taken advantage of a pretty soft schedule. They're not going to lie. Over the last month, they're nine and one in their last ten games. Beat a, obviously a very good Brooklyn team that's expected to be right there at the end when when we're down to the final four or, or eight teams in the playoffs. But you have to beat the teams that are in front of you. And and you're looking at this beating a, a very very good Miami squad that had Jimmy Butler in the lineup, had Tyler Hero in the lineup. Looking at looking at that squad that's now sitting at 27 and 16. You know, th this is a big win considering, again, the Sixers are missing three regular guys in the rotation without Matisse, without Danny Green, without Shake Milton. Milton looks like he's going to be the one who's out the longest, uh, dealing with some back issues there. But, uh, man, uh, impressive win to go in there on a back-to-back, -back, beating a legitimate contender in the East and showcasing that, hey, the Sixers, as we all know, don't have Ben Simmons, but not in a rush to make a move at this point because they're racking up wins. And again, they're going to need a second superstar. I think if the ultimate goal is a title or at least get another two, two or maybe three guys in a Ben deal, if that 
happens before the deadline that'll help move the needle. But man, this team is starting to look really, really good. Finding its defensive identity. They have now held uh, three out of their last four opponents under 100 points. The, the one blip on the radar being the Charlotte game on Wednesday where nothing really seemed to go right. But uh, man, like I said, the Sixers looking like a squad that that are figuring things out at the right time as we get into the new year, getting to the second half of the schedule. And they're going to be right there, it looks like, for the top spot in the Eastern Conference. Only three games behind the Bulls, two behind Brooklyn for the division lead. So lots to figure out yet as, as we get into the second half. I uh, wanted to jump into the Sixers' upcoming schedule because, again, it's looking pretty favorable. I'll do that after a short break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, and we are back. As I was mentioning there before the break, the Sixers' schedule looking pretty good for basically the rest of the month. I mean, you got the Wizards, who have fallen back down to earth after their hot start. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Again, not a pushover team, but a squad that if the Sixers come out and just play an average game and Washington plays its average game, the Sixers should win that one. The terrible Orlando Magic on Wednesday, a Paul George-less squad from the Clippers on Friday. Those are both at home. Then they get the Spurs. Then they go home to New Orleans, home to a Lakers team that look like it might be turning things around, but looking at the last three, four games, the Lakers not looking anything close to what people expected them to be to start the season. Russell Westbrook is struggling. The team can't stop a nosebleed on the defensive end. So again, these are favorable games, and they got Sacramento before wrapping up the month with a big home game against John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. So looking at this now, the Sixers, 25-17 and 17 on the season, could definitely go, you know, and it's not, it's easy to say, well, they should win all seven of those games coming up. It's like, no, I mean, they might have a, might have a blip on the radar there, but you're looking at those seven games, six and one, I think is, is reasonable to expect if, if all things being considered that everybody's kind of healthy and then they, they got the lineup that they have right now could be sitting at 31 and 18 uh, going into the stretch drive of the season. I, I don't think anybody would have expected the Sixers to be this good or that good, depending if that's what their record is come time for February one, but looking at it, you know, this team has a lot of things going for it right now. And especially with Joel Embiid showcasing himself as easily one of the best players in the NBA absolutely should be a part of the MVP conversation as we get in towards March and April. But looking at that schedule right now, if the Sixers can get into that and then you got nine days left before the trade deadline after that Memphis game, maybe Daryl Morey does make a move to add a piece. Maybe he does look at adding a significant maybe not all-star level player, but above average starter or, or somebody who can who can contribute on the offensive end and take some of the playmaking pressure off of Tyrese Maxey and gives them a legitimate ball handler who can, you know, distribute the ball and kind of set the table on offense. I think there's a lot, a lot of good things going on for this Sixers squad, despite all of the adversity, despite all the ups and downs in terms of guys being injured, guys missing time due to COVID protocols. And, you know, as much as we've harped on Doc Rivers and he has his flaws, there's no doubt about that. He's done a great job keeping things focused, keeping the ship in the right direction. So I'm looking forward to seeing 
what happens here as we get into the stretch drive of the season. But man, I mean, the Sixers, like I said, nine and one, their last 10 and beads playing at an unstoppable pace right now. It's tough to see him not being in the top three, at least in MVP voting, depending what happens as we get into the later months and where the Sixers sit in the standings, because let's be honest, most of the time in the NBA, the team with the best record or one of the top two or three records typically has the MVP there. And that's what voters will go for. So uh, as I mentioned, the Sixers only three games behind the Bulls, a couple of games behind Brooklyn. So a lot of good things happening in Sixerland over the past couple of weeks. Hopefully they can continue this now. As, as I said, they got a, a soft part of the schedule coming up through the rest of the month until that big game against Memphis, who's looking like one of the best teams in the NBA or out West as well. So again, this is going to be a fun time for the Sixers. Hopefully they can stay healthy. Don't have any guys missing again, especially considering how good they can be when they're at full health. And I don't know. It, it, I don't know how Daryl Morey is going to handle this too at the deadline. Does he look at making an immediate move because he's like, dude, we have a chance this year? Or does he look at the long-term health of the franchise and say, hey, if we can't find a right deal for Ben or something that isn't moving the needle for me, I'm going to wait this out until the offseason. Lots remains to be seen, but... Enjoy the weekend, Sixers fans. Eagles taking on the Bucks first their first playoff game in a couple of years. Uh, so that'll be interesting to watch on Sunday. Before I do wrap things up, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. And of course, check us out online at libertyballers.com. Emily, Dan, and Steve will be back with the gastroenteritis blues on Sunday evening. They'll have Sam Emick, one of the best insiders in the NBA of the athletic, on discussing some of the Ben rumors, so you don't want to miss that. And then I'll be back with the post game on Monday following the Sixers afternoon tilt on MLK Day against the Wizards.